been a weird summer or what? Usually August is, is our hottest month, right? Like June and July, we were baking, and August has been just mild. You know, it's been super, super nice. It's blowing right on you. All right, First Peter 2, 11 and 12. We are going to try to finish point three and point four because um, I am out of time. <clears throat> Less talking, more reading. Does that make any sense? I guess you have to yeah, talk when you read, right? But... Less story time and more scriptures. <laughs> uh, okay, so First uh, Peter two eleven and twelve. Let's go there, beloved. I urge you, as aliens and strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are very thankful, Father, for another day that uh, you have blessed us with, Father. We know that you uh, give us breath and life and, and all things, uh, Father. And we're so, we're so grateful for uh, the new creations that we are, uh, Father, your sons and daughters. And, and that's all because of Jesus, Father. And, and we're so thankful to him uh, to be here on the first day of the week, to lift him up, uh, Father, to celebrate uh, his uh, amazing victory that he won, Father, for us, uh, but for all mankind, Father. And, and we need to go about as, as Jesus did when he was here, <clears throat> Father, uh, truly, you know, uh, being careful about what we say and what we do, and, and that would bring glory, honor, and praise uh, to your name so that people would see and hear those things, uh, see something different, hear something different in us, Father, uh, so that they too. Uh, would glorify you on that last day. So <clears throat> I just pray that uh, we'd be able to get through all these scriptures, Father, uh, that it wouldn't you know, be too much or too fast, but uh, that we would listen and, and really, as we went through this month, you know, make, make the application, Father, as we look at these four points uh, in these two scriptures, Father, uh, such, such great verses as, as, uh, as your word is uh, throughout, Father. So I just pray for your blessing upon this morning and all the lessons. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we kind of, we almost got through, uh, you know, the, the persecution last week, right? Um, we kind of wrapped up in 1 Corinthians 4 when it says, when we are persecuted, we endure it, right? We know it's coming. It's not a shock. You know, God doesn't hide anything from us. Um, you know, here it is. And you know it's going to come when you live that uh, life uh, worthy of his name, right? Um, so we'll pick it back up in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse uh, 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. It says, Therefore, uh, Paul speaking, I, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong, right? Content with all those things, the insults, the stresses, the persecutions, difficulties, when it's for whose sake, right? 
when it's for Christ's sake. And, and, and that's the mindset that we have to have. That's, that's why we have to be, you know, uh, so focused on where home is, right? Because we know why we're being suffered. It's not because of us. You know, look what Jesus did for us. You know, what we have to go through in this life is so little uh, compared to what he went through uh, for us to give us that hope of heaven, right? Um, so we see that, you know, Paul, Paul delights, right? For when I am weak, uh, I am strong, right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Back up a little bit. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse uh, 25 says, Because the foolishness of God is, is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Right? So when you talk about a fleshly mindset versus a spiritual mindset, you know, what are we full of? You know, uh, the Holy Spirit, the foolishness of God. So the foolishness of God is wiser than men, right? And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So even at, at maybe God's weakest point, right? Still so much stronger, still so much wiser. And that's what we have to uh, rely on is God's strength, right? Um, you know, in our weak state, we're, we're still stronger than any man, right? Than any man. You know, no man can tame the tongue, right? Doesn't God tell us that? No man can tame the tongue. You know how, I, I, I've shared this before, you know, about, uh, you know, with my speech, you know, it was one of those, one of those things I really, really struggled with um, and really tried. I, I mean, I truly wanted to, to get rid of that in my life, and I couldn't. Um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through His Word, those things went away. It wasn't, it wasn't by me. I tried, believe me. I, I tried, and I tried, and I tried. Um, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit were, did that change come about. Now, does it take some work on our part? Well, sure it does. You know, sure, absolutely it does. It's not just a whiz-bang we're done. We're good to go, right? We got the Holy Spirit. We're, we're we're on the fast track to heaven, you know. In fact, it becomes more difficult. That narrow road that God talks about, when you look that up, it means afflicted. It means afflicted. So that narrow road that we're supposed to be walking on is the afflicted road. So when we're when we're looking for that that small gate in that narrow way, it's it's an afflicted way. Look it up. That's what it says. And that's the way we're supposed to be looking for it. And that's the way that we're supposed to be walking. It's going to be afflicted. It's going to be, you know, a challenge, right? But just face up to it. You know, you, you know it's coming. I had a, I had a week of, of training. Uh, this last week I was in, I was in Washington. And, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, a lot of training, different kind of training than what I was used to. Look, I'm 48 years old. I've been working a lot of hours. I don't work out near as much as I should or have time for. And now I'm competing against 20-year-olds and we're running in sand. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, just walking down this thing. I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. And I'm supposed to run this and do this and, and all this and this amount of time, you know? Like that's, you almost, almost had that, that, that mindset like this, that's impossible, right? That's impossible. I, I can't do that. This first couple of nights, I didn't sleep very well. You know why? I couldn't turn my brain off. I couldn't turn my brain off. They kept telling me, you're not going to be able to do it. And so I was stressed out about it, right? And so I finally went, you know what? 
I got this. Thank you, Lord. What was I doing? Or I should say, what wasn't I doing those first two nights? Can anybody guess? Trusting in God. And? You were trusting in self. Yeah, I wasn't praying, right? Oh. I wasn't. I like, if you listen, have you listened to TJ's message up from, from Peaks? Well, I'm TJ Winningham, he said. Uh-oh, that didn't work out too well. Well, I'm Brian Bragg, I said. I don't care if you're 25 years old. I'm still going to whoop you. Well, uh, on my own, that wasn't working out too well. Until I went, you know what? I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Put my trust in God. I was having some issues quickly reloading. And so I'm like, what was I doing, man? You know, I got to just slow it down. And so I'm like, Lord, I mean, I did the whole Nehemiah thing. I mean, like literally between every phase when we had to qualify, I'm like, all right, Lord, got, we got this one. You know, help, help me through this one. Help me, help me load correctly. Help me do this, you know. Who was I relying on? Well, I was relying on God. And you might think that's silly or foolish, but I hope you don't, you know, because that, that helped me because I knew that I, if I reached out to him, what was he going to do? He was going to help me, right? I, I, I had that faith that God was going to be there to help me through that. Run 400 yards in the sand? Are you kidding me? That's, I just wanted to stop at that point. I had a lot more to do after that point in about 20 seconds. Stressing to God. You know what, God? Do this. And I tell you what. It, it was it was funny. I, I was you know I was nervous about it, but yet I was still trusting in God, and 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 there can't be that you know. But man, driving home, man, the fist pumps, man. I was like fist pumping the whole way. I was like, yeah, you know, did it because it was a challenge, man. It was it becomes a physical challenge, you know. I mean, it's just one of those things. As I as I get older, things get a little harder, right? By the time Friday hit, every I, I had muscles I didn't know I had. I'm like, that's that hurts. Well, I can't get out of bed right now. You know, rolling out. I'm like, but you know what? Once it gets all limbered up, you know, and you get the old joints lubed, hey, you know, it started working out all right. But the whole my whole point is, you know, trusting in God, right? What wasn't I doing? And so why wasn't I sleeping and why was I struggling? If you're not if you're not a Christian, you know, those that, that, that might listen to this, they don't understand that. And I didn't understand it. Before I became a Christian, when I, when I would see people, you know, yeah, praise God, thank God, whatever, man. It's so stupid. You're doing it. Until, and, until it was me, right? Until I put my faith in God and understood what, what, what all those folks were saying. Put your trust in God. No matter, no matter what, you know, the weakness of God is stronger than man. Right? At God's weakest point, he's still so much stronger than man. And we have to remember that. In 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, it says, We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. 
Wouldn't that be awesome if people talked about the Pleasant Hill Church of Christ throughout not only this nation but the world? Because of our faith and our steadfastness, no matter what came across us, what hit us, we were just going to endure. And, and just by what? By us doing what we were doing and what we are doing, people would recognize that as something different. And we can do that in our individual lives too. Because it starts, it starts with the individual. I can't help anybody if I'm not helping myself. If I'm not a solid man of God, I'm not going to be able to go out there and help anybody. That's why God says we have to test ourselves all the time. We have to test ourselves. Are we in the faith? Are we doing the, the things that God asks us to do? Are there stumbling blocks? Sure there are. Where's your heart? What are you working on? And then we can reach out and help others. See, we're useless to anybody else if, if we're not doing it ourselves. So it's, so it's wouldn't it be awesome for people to, to talk about you know, us individually, us as a church body, uh, in that way, right? This is a plain, in verse 5, this is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you will uh, be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which indeed you are suffering. So what's, what are we suffering for? What are we suffering for? Well, it's heaven. It's that hope of heaven. It's the eternal life with God. Do you, do you believe that? Like, I, like I've said all, all month. Do you really believe there's only two options? That there is a lake of fire. That there is a heaven. And that's it. Those are the only two options that we have. For eternity. For In verse 6, For after all it is uh, only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. And to give relief to you who are afflicted. And to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You see, there's two people there, right? Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. There's work for us to do, right? We have to live by faith. We should have a desire to want to live the way God has asked us to live. Because if, you, if we don't, there'll be retribution. We'll be part of those that do not know God. Now, don't, we, we don't want to go live in our life because we're afraid of going to the lake of fire. We live our life because we're thankful to God for what he's done for us, for that hope, for the power that we have, for the new creations that we are, for the changes that he's made in our lives. How much do you have, just in a physical sense, here on this earth? How much? A whole lot, right? Really try to work with the boys on that. Because, I don't know, maybe some of you, I was raised very poor. Chasing mill jobs, moving 12 different times, always being the new kid in school, being the fat little kid that... You know, wasn't very athletic, but very smart. It's not it's not a way to fit in. I've always said I want to go back and find those guys that, that wanted to be the bullies. And then I'm like, no, that wouldn't be right. That was that's hard. We didn't have a whole lot. We walked away from houses 
Where are we going, Dad? Huh? This way. <laughs> what about the house? No, no. Packing up, moving on. So I, I really try to stress, you know, to the boys to be thankful for, you know, all the things they have in a, in a spiritual sense, um, in an emotional, but also in a physical sense. They have so much, you know, it's like we go camping in this trailer, right? Like, you know, Justine and I talked about time. Right? We didn't have anything like that when we were growing up, sleeping on the ground in some leaky tent, you know, and that's, that's what we had. Here they have air conditioning and heat, water, and you know, it's like we talk about, you know what, there's some nights we just throw them out in a tent. Here, go sleep out there for the night. They appreciate what they have, you know. But we do a pretty good job. But we, you know, how thankful are you for everything that you have? You know, the spiritual freedom, the hope that you have, and then how God blesses blesses us in such amazing abundance in, in a physical sense. And so in verse 9 it says, these uh, will pay the penalty of eternal destruction, right? Those that do not know God and those that do not, do not obey the gospel. Eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. For our testimony to you was believed. So you want people to believe our testimony. You want people to believe in us, in our lives that we're living, right? Can you, I love that. And to be marveled at, right? He comes to be glorified in the saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. Are you, are you going to marvel at, at, at seeing Jesus? I mean, do you look forward to that day? Do you look forward to hearing those words, well done? Thou good and faithful servant, enter into thy rest. Are you looking forward to those words? To seeing, you know, the pride that Jesus will have on his face when he sees us standing on the correct side as his sheep? I look forward to that day. That spurs me on to, to, to be there, to hear those words. To, to see that, that's going to that's be an awesome day. And so when we do that, we hope that others are watching, right? So that they too can marvel at that and not run and hide under the rocks. 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter 4 verses, oh, we'll start verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised. Here it is, at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you, right? It shouldn't be a surprise. God tells us that all over the place, right? Shouldn't be a surprise. Don't be surprised. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So, no, you're not supposed to be surprised. We're supposed to rejoice over it, right? So that, that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation, right? If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that 
None of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Well, we know that answer. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, also, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Do you believe? Do you have faith that, that what God tells us in his word is actually going to happen? Do you believe uh, all the accounts? I don't want to call them stories because I, I think of a story of a made-up, you know, something, right? Of all the accounts of the Bible of, 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 of all these incidents that, that have happened. Old Testament, New Testament. Do you, do you believe it? Do you believe all that stuff happened? I hope so. Because you can't just believe a portion or the portion that you want. Like some faiths where they just take pieces of the Bible out. Like, well, we don't want that. That doesn't fit me very well. I'd rather have five wives than one. So that we're going to take that one out. You know? I mean, it's like, just make it fit however you want to make it fit. That's, that's not right. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed but it's to glorify God in this name. Because as 1 Peter tells us, those that slander us may glorify God on that last day. We don't know. We don't know if we're the one opportunity for somebody to see Christ. Just skip back to 1 Peter chapter 3 here in verse 8. It says, To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is, is against those who who do evil. Well, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always, always, always. Ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet, with what? Gentleness and reverence, respect. And keep a good conscience, so that in a thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Same thing that it says in 1 Peter. Interesting. For it is better if God should will it, so that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. Sanctify Christ as Lord. Always ready to make a defense. And here's the thing. With gentleness and respect. 
right? We studied with, uh, was it the, but they were Mormons, yeah, we, the, the Mormon women that came into our house and knocked on the door, you know, like four women. You tell one was older, three were kind of like in training, maybe a little, you know. They went to Bible study, you should see a look on their face and be like, sure. <laughs> I don't think they expected that. Sure, come on in. Let's study. Well, every now and then, Justine said my lip got a little thin. She knew I was getting angry. <laughs> and I could feel it, right? There were times like, oh, you know. But we just kept kept bringing them hey, every week. Come on back. They were really trying hard to, I think, I think they really thought they were going to turn us. I, I'm not sure, you know. But it wasn't happening. And so then the one started asking the right questions. Right? Why do these books not match up? This this one written by some dude, you know, this one written by God. Why don't they why don't they match up? That they, they kind of contradict each other here in these ways. And well that that when she started and and the, the elder, oh she saw that and it was like slam books, get up, and they were gone. They knew. She saw, started seeing the doubt in, in, in one of her own, right? And we were praying for that. And we were praying for that, that woman, and she never came. We, I, we, we told her, hey, you can you, you can come back, but you especially can really come back. There's some doubt. You're seeing it. Never came back. Who knows? Maybe we planted the seed. Maybe somebody else watered. I don't know. You know? But we took the chance, right? And there was times I wanted to yell across the table, believe me. You know, I wanted to tell them how foolish they really were. And I didn't. At least I don't remember if I did or not. But I know that, <laughs> I know that the, the lip got thin. If you Justine's like, your lip, your lip's getting thin. Just, just, just really thin when I started getting, started getting a little angry, you know? And I'm like, no, because that's not going to win them, Right? It wasn't going to win them if I just yelled it at them, you know, and, and try to beat it down their throat rather than just give them the truth, show them the differences there and let them decide on their own. That's what ultimately, you can't have my faith. I'm sorry. You can't have it. You have to have your own. The faith has to be your own. You can't have mine. That's mine. You have to build up your own. And then you have to believe in it. And you have to live it. For yourself, for your family, and then for others. That's that's the way God has it set up. Let's go to Romans 8 just because. I was going to just kind of move on to the next point that I have to do in 15 minutes. But So in Romans, let's go to, let's go to Romans 8. And you guys, you guys all know this, but you know what? great to hear it right romans 8 and, and verse 35 says who will separate us from the love of christ will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword are you gonna let it are you gonna let it separate you from the love of god for just as it is written in verse 36 for your sake we are being put to death all day long we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered but in all things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us from convinced that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, I say except one thing. And what is that? That's right. Ourselves. That's what that's what will separate us. When we choose to walk away. When we choose to do things the way we want them done. When we don't do it God's way. Believe me, brethren, and I know you, some of you probably have experienced this, if not all of you. When we, when we do it our own way, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's pain. Um, there's heartache. There's, there's so much going on there. That when we do it our way, right, it doesn't work. Do it God's way, right? We overwhelmingly will conquer through him who loved us. Let's go to, we're going we're gonna to just flip right into that, that the, the last part of, of uh, 1 Peter 2.12, okay? We're going to be looking at some, some deeds, how we should be living, kind of continue on through that, and then, um, you know, talk about how those who are watching uh, are going to glorify uh, God on that last day. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Same thing, right? That's the same exact thing. I'm telling you. When you, when, you, when you read different books of the Bible, you're, you're reading what? A lot of the same things, a lot of the same concepts. And sometimes some of us don't grasp them the way they're said certain ways, right? I think that's why God puts them in there in, in kind of different formats, different ways. But they're basically saying the same thing, right? Let your light shine before men in such a way they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Oh, well, they're going to glorify your fathers and they become Christians and are living the life worthy of his name. What, how? Because they saw your good works. Because they saw how you were living. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 and beginning in verse 14. says do all things without grumbling or disputing so you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of god above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as what as lights in the world right holding fast the word of life so the day of christ will have reason of glory because i did not run in vain nor toil in vain right do all things without grumbling or disputing. Prove yourselves blameless and innocent, right? So people what? We'll see your light. We'll be attracted to that, right? I remember <coughs> I went over and and uh, slowed down Jeff Logan a couple years over there in Hell's Canyon. Um, I say slow down because they had to keep waiting for me. Uh, but I remember like we went way back somewhere, and with that on X, I'd probably still be somewhere 
out there. I'm not sure where, but uh, so, uh, but I remember like at one point there were some other trailers that had that had pulled it. Like they pulled their trailers. You, you, if you guys don't know this area, I don't know how they pull their trailers all the way up there and, and put them on that the top of that. But but they do. And like at one point we kind of crested over, and I think we were still about 18 miles from where we needed to be. Um, at least it felt that way. But you can see. <laughs> You can see this light, just this little light out there, you know, and it was like, it just, it, it wasn't like, it was like the light from their, their trailer inside, right? But you know how, how bright that thing looked out there in the middle of the darkness? It's like, look at that thing, you know? And I thought it was something different. By the time we got there, you know, they, I think they were already in bed because it was, it was seen late, but um, that, that light, just that little light and how it shines so bright. In that darkness, just a little bit, just that little bit of light. I used to go riding snowmobiles all the time uh, with my dad uh, when I was a teenager, and we'd get out there in the middle of the night, you know, midnight, one o'clock, and we'd, if you're, if you're familiar with Diamond Lake, we'd ride all the way up on on top of Mount Bailey, you know, over eight thousand feet, and we'd get up there, clear night. Oh my goodness, the stars! I didn't know there was that many stars. Because you get here in the city and they kind of get, you know, knocked out by the by the lights of the city. And we get up there and they were so bright. So bright. Think about our light that we could shine in the darkness of this world. And how people will be attracted to that light. Right? You think about being in total darkness and you see a light, you just want to go to it. That's all you focus on. We want people to do that with us. We want people to see our light and be focused on that light and be drawn to that light. God gives us amazing pictures. He he gives us amazing pictures that we can see with our own eyes in, in his creation. And we can use those things, those images, to help spur us on, to help people, right? Think about that. I mean... I've been in, in times, man, it's, it is so dark out, man, then that moon. Like I remember years ago hiking out miles from the truck and it got dark and, you know, that was when I was foolish and, you know, didn't have extra batteries for my headlamp and, you know, nothing else. I'm like, it was dark. You know, I'm like, man, I, I can't see nothing. Boy, that moon, guess what? Came up, it's a cloudless night, didn't need a headlamp. Moon, man, just just lit that lit that place up. Just just that whole entire darkness was lit. I could see as far as I wanted to see, just from just from that light in that darkness. That's what we need to be for people. People need to see that light. Let's go to uh, John chapter nine. Uh, John nine, uh, beginning in verse one. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said that greater things we will do than he on this earth. I in the light of the world. Do you believe that in yourself? 
Do you believe that you're the light to people? That you are the light of the people, light of the world, that people are attracted to you because of your deeds, because of how you live, because it portrays Jesus. I can't explain it. You've heard the story time and time and time again. Why, why would I call Bill? After 15 years of not seeing that man and not spending a whole lot of time with him, why would I call him? And you might get tired of hearing my, this story. You might get tired of, of hearing my account, but I'm telling you, I can't put my finger on I can't tell you why I called him. Only that I felt like when I needed help, when I wanted to change my life, he was the guy I thought of. All because why? Because he lived a life. That was it. He just went out every day to glorify God. He put scriptures on his walls. I had no idea. He just lived it every day. And I had no Yeah. I had no idea what I was looking at, right? No idea until until I was in complete darkness. And he's the only one that I thought of. Is that is is that crazy? That just shows you the power, the power that we have that God has given us to live a life. If I don't know, if he had, if he had chosen not to do that, went to a different school, where would I be? Right? We can be that for people. We can be that. It doesn't mean you gotta thump on your Bible and talk about God all the time. He didn't do that. Just one time, right? Hey, I'm a preacher at Pleasant Hill. Great, shut up. Never lived. That was my my obvious. Then he just kept living it, right? We can be that for people. See, Jesus had that. He knew. He knew what he could be for people. Not only in the, in, the, in the world that he was living in at the time, but he had the burden of the entire world, past, present, and future on his shoulders as well. So not only was he helping the people that were there with him at, in that generation, but he had the burden of the sin of every individual ever created. And look what he was able to accomplish with his focus on his father. With his focus on others. He persevered and he, and he made it. And he won. And he bore all our sins on that cross. And he set us free. And he gives us the hope that we have. He gives us the promise of heaven. Really what he asks of us is very, very simple, right? It really is when you look at it. Get self out of your life. Focus on God. And go help people. It said, I already read it. Be ready. Always. Always be ready to give, your, give an account. We all have to be ready. We all should be able to, to, to teach somebody far enough to get them into the water. Let's go down to, to Titus. We'll read Titus, a couple verses, Titus chapter 2. 
I don't know where I'm going to end up really stopping here, but uh, let's begin in verse 11. Titus 2, 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. What? Zealous, right? On fire for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and approve with all authority. Let no one disregard you, right? He gave himself up for us, a people for his own possession, then we should be zealous, right? Zealous for good deeds. Go back to chapter 6. It's talking about young men, right? Like, likewise, urges young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. And we talk about, you know, when in 1 Peter uh, 5, 8, where it talks about, God says, you know, uh, the devil's like a roaring lion looking, prowling around looking for someone to, you know, devour, right? That roaring lion, he's just looking. That devil's just looking. Remember, if we submit to God, if we yield to God, what's the devil going to do? I want you all to have that picture in your head. When you submit to God, the devil's going to what? And remember, flee, Right? That's not just turn around and walk away. You ever anybody flee from you before? Believe me. They, they are running to get away. They're fleeing. He's, if we yield to God, if we submit to God, the devil will flee from us. Now, is he going to maybe look for another opportunity to come? Well, sure he is, right? Because you look at like cheetahs and lions and things like that. Do they kill every time? When they, when they go for it, they don't, right? Lots of misses. But what do they keep doing? They keep going back. See, the devil knows that he's destined for the lake of fire. Could you imagine having, I mean, like, you don't have any other options. He's destined for the lake of fire. And when people have nothing to lose, they fight in a different way. People used to fight. They used to fight us, me, officers, to, to just to get away. Now, they just fight to fight. It's a different kind of it's a different kind of fighting. They got nothing to lose. It's different when you're fighting somebody that has nothing to lose, and you can tell. You know it's coming. It's a different way of fighting. I have to completely change my mindset about how I have to fight this guy. It's just different. When they have nothing to lose. The devil has absolutely nothing to lose. He knows where he's going. He's going to try to stay here as long as he can by knocking out that living matrix, right? And we talked about it before. You know, he's going to start with the bottom. Why wouldn't you not? Take out the bottom pieces of that. You take out your, your veteran Christians, your leaders of churches, 
guess what? You could take out a whole lot when you do that. So this isn't just about going out and saving others, right? It's about ourselves. Because we have, we have to test ourselves every day. It's about our families. It's about each other as a church body. That we all make it. And then we can start bringing people in. We want to be that church that people talk about all over the entire world. Right? They hear about the things that we're doing. How many times does somebody come in here and be like, you guys actually like each other. That's different. You guys care about each other. They can see that. They can feel that. They know what's here, right? That's awesome. You know, praise God for that, right? That's, that's God working through us. And we're here for each other. That's why God created this body. So we could be here for one another. I've got like 15, 16. I'm just going to have to skip right over. We know that glorify means to magnify, to make bigger, to exalt honor, right? To glorify God on that last day. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter 4. Verse 17. This is for it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Entrust your soul to our faithful creator in doing what is right. When we do that, we make it. When we do that, our family makes it. Our wives, our husbands, our children. When we do that, we help each other make it. And our ultimate goal is to what? We go out and we seek and we save those that are lost so that they too and glorify God on that last day. Thanks for your attention. Appreciate it. If you have any questions, you can come up and ask me. I've got a lot more scriptures that I could share with you. Um, but we just got to go out and fight the good fight, brethren, every day. And know that people are watching. And their souls could be in our hands. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.